Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another What Are You Playing episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardton, and who is with me tonight? Oh, I'm not used to being second. I'm normally third. (laughs) 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 This is... My name is, I'm Blair Farrell, the owner of comicbookvideogames.com. And our special guest. Hey, I'm Ronald Frazier, and I am the caboose of this gang. (laughs) And welcome to your first time on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So we're doing another What Are You Playing? This one for April of 2022. It's been almost a year I've been doing this. Next year is a year that this show has been going on. The What Are You Playing? episode. But the first thing I want to start with is... I usually don't play many different games that aren't for the show that I can't talk about too much because I talk about it in a whole episode. But I did, for some reason, every, this happens like multiple times a year, I picked up Magic the Gathering Chandelier again, which is a 1998 PC game made by Sid Meier. <laughs> and if you're familiar with Magic the Gathering, it's just, it's, you play Magic the Gathering duels, but you walk around a world map, you battle random people, you buy cards, you buy food, you do little quests, and I... I love this game, and I just was in a mood one day where like, I didn't want to play anything for the show. I just wanted to do something simple, and I ended up playing it again and beating it in like two days. <laughs> so it's one of my like favorite games of all time that whenever I'm feeling down, I'll just pick it up and play it again. It's on my, it's on my PC always. Would you describe Ever. it as like, one of your guilty pleasure games? Uh, no, I wouldn't say guilty pleasure, because there's nothing... Okay. It's not oh, a bad game. It's just... It's also like I, I memorized all the cards at this point because I used to play it when I was a kid. So it's like I know I don't even have to I don't read the cards. I just see them put the cards. Like, oh, I know exactly what you're up to. So, you had some heart of the cards stuff going on. Oh, I mean, I, I make the same deck every time, too. I always pick. I don't know if you're familiar with magic or not, but I always pick red and I always make a burn deck and I just beat the game with a burn deck. I know nothing about magic. The other OK. <laughs> You have you have different decks, different colors you can choose, and you can make many different decks. I even have a there's a mod of this game where it has every single card from every single edition of Magic in this game, and I cannot play it because I don't know the card. I don't know how to play because there's so many effects that have changed over the years, and I just can't I can't handle it. So I, every time I, I tried it, and I just don't like it. I have to play the original one that I know from ninety ninety seven ninety eight, where I I don't have to read any card. I just pull out the card. I know exactly what it is and what it does. So. Yeah, that's what I, that's one of the things I've been playing. Uh, what about you, Blair? Something I've been playing. Well, I don't know if I should go hard or go easy. Well, <laughs> okay, feel well, free, your choice. I know what you're going to well, talk about. So yeah, well, I'll try to keep it to a minimum because I can get pretty ranty. So <laughs> I I own a PlayStation Five and I picked up Horizon Forbidden West, the game that everyone's calling Game of the Year, or Masterpiece 9.5 and 10, and I have definitely been playing a different game than everyone else because I absolutely hated that piece of trash. <laughs> I honestly, and this is not me, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious, but I really think that everyone is being far too generous on it. I do not think it's a good game. I honestly think that Gorilla Games thinks his audience are idiots. Like my my friend Devin was streaming and he was like, oh, man, come come watch me stream. And he got because he's playing PlayStation 4. And by the way, from what he was playing on PlayStation 4, it's perfectly fine. Do not fret about getting a PlayStation 5. Honestly, it's not even worth it right now. And he walked into like in the horizon. They have this thing called cauldrons. And it's essentially like for those unfamiliar with the horizon universe even though it's like a pretty big game like you're in a world that's overrun by like robot dinosaurs and animals and 
there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, but like that's kind of like the main gameplay loop. And there's this thing called cauldrons, and then the point is, it's like kind of like a platforming challenge. You get to the end, and then you fight a boss, and then you can kind of hack or override robots in the wild so they can fight with you. You can ride them. And my friend was doing one, and this is the thing through the entire game. And this is why I say Guerrilla Games thinks his audiences are idiots. Like he got into a room. And before he can even look at it, like the main character, Aloy, is like, I think I should jump over here and go here and do this. And he's like, before I even had a chance to look at this with my Devon eyes, she's telling me what to do. Like, he didn't even have a chance to survey the room. And like throughout the game, Aloy does not stop talking. Like, (laughs) she does not stop talking. Like, I honestly wish they would have given her hilarious, like, robot dog sidekick or something. Just like something to banter off of. And it's like such a. Like, in the first game, they kind of set her up as, like, this outcast. And then throughout the course of the first game, she gets friends and allies, and she learns how to trust people. And in this game, they're like, okay, the world is going to die because climate change, and we want to help you. And she's just like, no, I'm the only one who I'm sorry, I'm the only one who can do this, because she just whisper talks through the entire game. <laughs> and And it's, like, frustrating and... Like, the game doesn't really, she doesn't, it's weird, because it tells you exactly what to do, except for when you need it to, and then you're constantly beating your head over fighting a stupid thing, and it's just, it just makes me realize how much I really hate modern game design now, like, I'm totally over it, like, this giant open world with 10 different skill trees and a million different craftable items and everything... Like, I never upgraded my pouch because, like, I don't want to go hunt for a squirrel, like, in this massive open world. And then, like, the way the story is, like, literally one of the villains is Space Jeffrey Bezos. Like, it is not (laughs) subtle with its writing at all. And it's just frustrating and bloated and pointless. And, I mean, it looks pretty, but that's just really not enough anymore for me. Like, it's just, it didn't do anything for me. And I see so many people and they love it and that's perfectly okay but i just and i played the first one like i put a good 60 70 hours and i played the dlc and i got like the special armor i did most of the side quests so you like the first one yeah i was i was looking forward to this one but leading up to it i just started reading the reviews and people were talking about like oh man like you had to get this thing to get this thing to get this thing and i was like this already sounds exhausting and it kind of was a little bit sour going into it. And then I got it and I was like, okay, maybe I'll warm up to it. But I didn't. And my fiance would constantly come out and be like, I can hear you like yelling under your breath out of this game. <laughs> like it was a common occurrence. She's like, oh, you're playing Horizon. And I was like, yeah. And I'm so frustrated. See, it's a hot take only on this show. You're like, when you're the only person I know that hated that game like that. Yeah, I, and and the thing about it is, and what made me, and now I'll just like kind of leave that behind, saying like, I, I I didn't get anything from it. Like, I think the writing is basic, the messaging like is subtle as like a sledgehammer powered with a jackhammer. Like, there's nothing. Okay, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Story. I mean, it's a character assassinates. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with not enjoying games. Like when I played Silent Hill two for the show, I didn't enjoy it at all, and that's a great game. It's just sometimes games just don't hit right. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I I follow. Um, there's a guy in Canada. He's a he's a developer. Uh, the name of his company now is uh, Benancy Co. And he made 
some games alone with you home and worse than death and he loves silent hill 2 and i rented silent hill 2 a bunch and it it didn't click with me at all no and then suddenly it just did which is a good segue into the second game that i want to talk about because while i was playing horizon i was lucky enough to get an xbox series x and something i really wanted to try last year was psychonauts 2 because I heard everyone was saying how this game was great, but I never had an Xbox One. I only owned a PlayStation 4, and then I got a PlayStation 5. And in Canada, after tax, Psychonauts 2 is $91 after tax. <sighs> Golly. And I, I played the original Psychonauts, and I don't know. I think it was because I played the PlayStation 2 version, and I was like... I want to try this, but that's just way too much to try. But then I got an Xbox Series X and that barrier to entry is nothing because it comes with a free month of Game Pass for like a dollar. And (laughs) that game, people were saying it's like last year I got nominated for a bunch of Game of the Weirds Game of the Year awards. In my opinion, it it didn't win enough. Like Psychonauts 2 is an absolute masterpiece. I have um, never played the first one still. It don't play the PlayStation 2 version. Uh, it's also on Game Pass, which is funny because I didn't really care for the first. I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then after I played Psychonauts 2, I actually downloaded the first one because it's also on Xbox Game Pass. And it's it's rough, but it's really great. And I now want to get the VR game. But it's it's kind of like I kind of am grateful to Horizon because its stupidity made me appreciate Psychonauts 2 more because whereas Horizon is this bloated open world like Psychonauts is these perfectly crafted levels and each of them has to deal with like a certain mental health issue that you're solving and like one level you're just in this crazy library and another is like an overcooked style game show level. And then there's just like a small open world that's just big enough with just enough side quests that it doesn't become obnoxious. And the storytelling is great. It's super funny. Um, the voice actor for Raz, I don't know if either of you watch a show called Invader Zim. Mm, no. Yes, I, I have. Know. Okay. I know of it. So the voice actor for Raz is the guy who voices Zim and Invader Zim. And throughout the game, you get like an ability to summon like a familiar and it's the voice of Gur from Invader Zim. <laughs> so I, cool. I damn near lost my mind and I finished it and I was so sad that it was over. But like, also I'm so glad that I got to play it and like, I'm becoming like a full on Xbox guy now. Like I, I didn't have an Xbox one all last generation cause I didn't see the point, but now I, I don't know how PlayStation can compete. Like, I don't think their first party games are enough anymore because like in the past month and I'm now paying for Game Pass and I'm totally OK with paying like I think it's $20 a month here. Like oh, I man. just downloaded because the thing about like in the 360 generation, I liked games like Gears of War, but not enough to buy them because all I want to do is play the campaign. And I didn't want to pay $60 just to pay the campaign and then flip it because I just do it once and forget about it. But now, like, I downloaded Gears of War 4 because Liam McIntyre, who played Spartacus, is the main character. And I want to play that game. And I played the trilogy on 360. And, like, I just, oh, yeah, I wanted to try that Battletoads game 
that was out. Okay, I played a level two. It was pretty cool. Then I got frustrated and just forgot about it. And now, like, I, I'm watching the terrible Halo show on Paramount+. Plus. Um, <laughs> and then I was playing that, or I was watching it this morning. I was like, this is really bad. I kind of want to play Halo now, though. So I just started downloading the Master Chief Collection this morning. So, like, it's just, you have this massive library of games. And I kind of look at it as... When I grew up, like, I didn't buy a lot of games. Like, I was a big renter. And Xbox Game Pass is modern renting. Like, it's it's try before you buy. Because, like, with Horizon, for example, if I could have tried that somehow, I wouldn't have paid $100 for it. Actually, it was 100 and more, I think, because I got, like, some other special edition. But even if I got the normal edition, it's still over $100 here for a PlayStation 5 game. Like, I would have tried it and just got rid of it. And, like, Xbox Game Pass lets you do that. And it's such a fantastic service. I don't know the business model and how it works and how it's sustainable. But, like, I'm just all in on the Xbox ecosystem now until Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine come out. Like, PlayStation is now my Marvel box. I'm sure you got a while before that happens. Yeah, it's 2023 at the earliest. And then the <laughs> constant delays and... The only problem is, like, I really want to play that new Ninja Turtles collection that's coming out, but my friend doesn't have an Xbox, so I have to buy, like, the PlayStation 5 version. I told him, I was like, I'm buying this for you. I wanted to get the <laughs> physical edition for Xbox and Ninja Turtle Green, but, like, now I'm getting the PlayStation version just so we can play online. <laughs> it's kind of that's funny. dedication. Yes, it is. Not dedication that I would have, but I give you props. And, uh, Ronald, what's something you've been playing this month? Well, when you announced this on that Facebook page that we're all in. I, I, I put that on my comic kind of as a, a joke that, you know, I'm here I am just playing Bioshock Remastered Collection and well just first Bioshock and it just keeps on crashing on me. And <laughs> and I, it, it crashed three times and I was fine. And so finally it crashed while I was saving. Oh. And I lost four oh. hours of progress. And I have not gone back since then. Like I loaded up my game like a week later and it's like you know what i don't want to play this level again because it crashed you know i i played this game a couple years ago after we voted it the best shooter ever and i I, I don't agree there it's not it's and i would pass it's a good game it's a good shooter it, it has a good flow and system to it that i can appreciate but then i just didn't see the point it's like it's okay you guys are insane but, it's over it was over blood. i mean you know <laughs> it's the, a facebook the, group when you kill andrew ryan spoiler alert, this man will Man chooses a slave of base. That's pretty cool, but yeah, I don't think it's as cool because it's been spoiled for me for years. And but that's the point of the game where you start again. The game gets really hard. You have to go through that level, and then you go to the next level where you become a big daddy. I did that, and it crashed, and it was just, I just give up on it. Well, you were very so, close to the end then. I I was. I the game's longer than I remembered, but it's like I want to save all the little sisters and make sure I have enough health packs and ammo because. I don't know about you guys, but after you kill Andrew Ryan, the game just gets insanely more difficult, and it's... I'm just playing on normal, and it's just like... Well, that's your mistake. I don't know if it's worth... Playing so, <laughs> I think I played on easy the first time, but I'm like, I'm a real gamer. No, I play everything on easy. I want a real, I want a real but... bit of a challenge this time, you know, to see what I it's only, like. I... I only ever finished it once. Like, I finished it because I, I only had a PlayStation 3 so or when it came out so i had to wait a year for the playstation 3 port and i finished it once and really liked it but i think every time i keep trying to go back i always get bored because i'm just too obsessed with doing the stupid pipe dream hacking minigame on everything (laughs) 
I like, don't mind that mini game. I mean, I think when I because I played it for the show, I think it was God. It's been a little over a year. I'm actually going back to it again for someone else's show that will be out later this month. No Man's Fantasy, and I'm going to be replaying the game again. I'm I have it installed on my computer, and I'm, I'm excited to replay it after playing the rest of the series. My original experience at Bioshock was this is what happens in the first game. Here's the underwater city. I think the city and like the setting of the game outshines what you actually do. So I played the first Bioshock, then I played Bioshock Infinite. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Have not gone back to that, but Bioshock Two, I really fell in love with, and because you know I played it like seven years after release the first time, and I think I'm just trying to play all the Bioshock games in a single setting, like Bioshock One, Two, then Infinite. Well, eight just so I could play Bioshock Two, but just you know get a better idea of what Bioshock's really about. Two is getting... really, really good. Yeah, that's why I'm probably just gonna force myself to finish Bioshock. <laughs> That's the only other I've only finished each of these once kind of thing about like I remember I finished Bioshock 2 and I found it it kind of had um, a bit of a repetitive loop where every every level was almost like get here chase but I never had a really good DLC because Bioshock 1 in my opinion is exactly like that it's here's a new level you have to do three different things advance oh wait you're stuck again do another three things now you can progress I feel like that just happens every single level in the first Bioshock I know the second Bioshock has that, but I want to say not to the extent that one did it. The main issue people have with Bioshock 2 is that it did, it in a way, reused assets from one in a way, but it's another, it's a new game. It's just set in the same type of setting, so a lot of people were stupid about it. Like, I mean, I didn't play it until, for the show, I don't, not that long ago, I think late last year, because of all the hate it got, I never picked it up. I mean, I own, okay, I own, I own three to four copies of it, but I never actually played it. I just kept buying it for cheap. I do that. And I just, because it was all the hate it got. And I, and I hated the first one, the first time I played it. So like, it's just, it's just, I mean, it makes sense. Like some, you know, people's opinions can interpret a way that you'll affect the game. Like, you know, you might go buy a game called Horizon that you don't enjoy because people said it was good. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think first Bioshock is an okay experience. And because I, my save was corrupted, I, my friends and I decided to actually try out that Sea of Thieves game. <laughs> oh, golly, I have even more opinions about that game. Sure, I want to hear. I mean, I, I want to hear about it. The only thing I ever hear about Sea of Thieves is CJ from Player One yeah, podcast. That that's as I say the same thing. He's put a thousand hours or plus into it. I don't understand. I, I love when they I love when they make jokes to, to him about it. I mean, I talked with him once on this show, and I didn't I, I didn't ask him about Sea of Thieves. But I want to be like, how how can you play that game that much? So, what was your opinion of it? Ah, uh, uh, man. I would feel my opinion about it right now is negative. I just think the game is boring. Like the the gameplay of like sailing a ship around is fun, but I can't describe it like some sort of destiny experience where you like search for treasure, get better gear. Because so far in my experience, there is no better gear. It's just all cosmetic. So why am I a pirate chasing after booty if I can't buy a bigger ship or better cannons? You know, that's just kind of been my experience. But my first night playing the game with my friends after half of us left, it was just me and my friend. We just started goofing off, and that's probably, unfortunately, my favorite experience with the game. As we set our ship on fire, came back to the ship, realized we had fireworks that we could shoot out of the cannons. So we're in a constant struggle of our ship sinking, and it's also on fire, using these small buckets to put out the fire, running back into the bottom of the ship, fill the water bucket up, and we did that for about 30 minutes, just fighting this fire as we were sinking. And unfortunately, that's part of my favorite experience of the game. Because we have some fun to do. That was a lot of fun, just the two of us just goofing off. But the four of us 
tried to do the campaign story mode as a game of the like the Pirates of the Caribbean, and boy, that thing I, I say has no content whatsoever. I was going to ask like if that came out. What was that? I was because I remember I saw the trailer at E3 and they had like or one of those digital events and they had like the Pirates of the Caribbean thing. And I was like, oh, that actually looks really cool. I mean, who cares about Pirates of the Caribbean anymore? But it looked <laughs> cool. So I guess it's out. <laughs> it, it's out, I guess. I played four out of five missions. I'm not a huge Disney fan and really haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean. And to me, coming with this like fresh perspective, quotation marks, I just and the game it's built on. I'm just like, this isn't fun. We're just walking around listening to people talk. If you want to do a drinking game of taking a shot every time you hear dead men tell no tales, I think you'll be fortunate if you come out alive. <laughs> that line is repeated like a hundred times in the first mission. And and the combat in this game, I just you just stab people until they die. So There's I always no... thought this game was a third person action game. Is it actually first person? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I made never knew rare. that. Till just now when I'm watching videos of it. Yeah, it's made by Rare. They did Battletoads, some of those other cool games. It's just, I just don't see the point of it. It doesn't, I don't like any game that doesn't have a single player component, like a way to finish the game. If I can't beat the game, I don't want to play it. That's just, that's a me thing. Okay, because I've also been off and on with a little game called Riders Republic. And while that's still an open, huge world, I'm still, you know, it's just fun to go in, ride your bike around, do some skiing and just explore the world that has a way to cool off. I never heard of this. It's oh, a oh, right. Ubisoft game. Came out last fall, I think. Yeah, it's like yeah, it came out last game. fall in like October, November. It's a super extreme sports game where you mountain bike, ski, snowboard, jetpack, wingsuits. It, it's kind of like the game Steep, made by the same company actually, but fully fleshed out with all these different types of sports activities and. You slowly progress, get better gear, and able to do cooler things. Well, that's cool. I I would never play it, but it looks cool. <laughs> uh, Very particular. Well, yeah, same here. I think that's kind of my problem. I have all these games on my Xbox, and I just don't know what to play sometimes. What you do is you make a podcast schedule, and then you have to follow it. You don't have a choice. <laughs> it works wonders for me. <laughs> I can tell you what I'm playing the rest of this year, almost. Oh, no, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> no, that's why I do this by myself. Because <laughs> it's not... It's not. It's hard for anyone else to to handle such an insane schedule. And there's one other game that I've been playing that I've been playing off and on for the show now. Uh, Final Fantasy VI T Edition. It's a ROM hack of Final Fantasy VI, and I, I've talked about it before, but I finally got to the World of Ruin, and I I love VI. VI is one of my favorite games of all time. But this ROM hack is like the complete version, but I have such a I have a hard time with it because like I like to grind in RPGs. I like to just level up, and and I'm at a and it's hard for me to do that because. Everything just kicks my ass. This game uses status elements all the time. I have to really actually plan and play more careful than I like to. And I'm not I'm not good. I don't like that. I want to just kill everything with attack. So I have to actually try harder. But it's a really good ROM hack. I just a re- I, one day I'm hoping to beat it. It's on my phone. So every so often I'll play it when I'm bored or something or just like, OK, I'm just going to do this for the moment. But it hasn't happened lately. But yeah, it's a it's a really good ROM hack that if you like six, I highly recommend it. Play that for a little bit. Blair, anything else you've been playing? Yeah, before I turned on, or before we started recording this evening, last year I got Metroid Dread, and I, again, it's like another case of Horizon where I finished that game, and people loved it, and I hated it. You didn't like Metroid Dread either? No. I I, I hate how everything... I, I've come to realize that I hate 
combat in games or games that are just revolving revolve around combat. I really like exploring and cool traversal. And Metroid Dread has that, but every five seconds you're beating your head against a wall with um, some obnoxious stealth section or a hard boss. And I'm, I'm just kind of over it, and I won't belabor that anymore because, I mean, everyone's <laughs> tired to death at Metroid Dread. It's really just to say that when I finished Metroid Dread, we have a local store here, and I think they have some type of arrangement with Nintendo. So essentially they were like, we have a promotion where you trade in these certain Switch games, you can get another one for like $10. So I could flip Metroid oh. Dread and got Luigi's Mansion 3, and that game is an absolute delight. Because I'm a new that. I'm a new I'm a new-ish Switch owner. Like I had a Switch and then I sold it to get a PSVR and then I bought one again this year. And Luigi's Mansion 3 was one of those games that like I was really sad I couldn't play. Shout out to Canada, because it's made here in my country. <laughs> um, by the same people who made the awesome Captain America Super Soldier. It's just it's just so it's a masterclass in design because you only have like a, a handful of things to do. And every room you're in, it's like, how can we think of a cool way to make you think about how to use these handful of things? So like primarily like your vacuuming ghosts, but you have like you can summon this like goopy thing called Gooigi and he can <laughs> kind of go through vents and through spikes and you kind of use him to like oh, he's going to walk through the spikes and use his vacuum to like pull a door open so the Luigi can get over. And every boss has like a super cool gimmick and it's just really colorful and really clever. And like you can play it in for hours or you can play it in minutes. Like I'll go in and like do a room and then it just auto saves and I turn it off. And sometimes I might play for like an hour and sometimes I might play for 15 minutes. Like it's you always feel like you're doing something and you're not really beating your head against the wall that much. Like if you find yourself stuck, you just kind of look at your room. And it's like, okay, I'm going to try all of my five things. And eventually if you can't figure it out, you will after you kind of exercise all your options. I don't know how far I am. And like, I'm a couple of years late to the party. I'm like the new hotness, but I mean, if you get a chance to play it, like, definitely do it. Like, it's well worth the investment. I do really want to play it. I bought it. I bought it for my son because he loves all Mario stuff, but he doesn't live with me. And I have but I, it's a game that I, I really want to try. I played Luigi's Mansion for the show, I think, two years ago or maybe over a year ago. And that that game surprised me how good it still holds up. It's still good. I'm really sad because I remember, like, at the tail end of, like, I think it was like 2008, like a bunch of stores were selling GameCube and PS2 games for dirt cheap. And I bought Luigi's Mansion, I think, for like five dollars. And I think I tried it and I just didn't really like it. It was just sitting on my shelf for forever. And then I sold it. And now it's like a hundred dollars to buy here. Like, it's just the prices went up. And I know it's on 3DS, but I only have like a regular 3DS and it would kill my hand to play. But I really... I really want to play the first one. I wouldn't mind playing the second one, but again, like I just, I hate playing things on 3DS. Like it just hurts my hands so much. I'm not a fan of handheld either, so I understand. Also, speaking of things hurting my hand, I was playing uh, a Switch when I was on a plane, and it hurt my hand. <laughs> I was playing Donkey Kong Country <laughs> 2 for the show, and it was hurting my hand. I'm just, and I had to like stop at one point, just put it down so I could, and then watch whatever the hell the movie was on and, on the plane that I was watching, just to not hurt my hand anymore. So I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Are you just using the uh, regular uh, Joy-Cons to come with this system? Uh, no, I have a Switch Lite. Or my wife has a, sw- a Switch Lite. Oh, because I was going to say, if you have a regular Switch, um, 
I have like these hoary Joy-Con grips that turn like they don't have rumble, but essentially they turn the sides of the system into like actual kind of controllers. And like every time I go out to say my parents' house or if I travel, like I always take them with me. Like they're a bit clumsy, but they they're so much better. I I have debated to buy an, an actual Switch, but I don't think that's going to happen because I don't I, I don't like Nintendo as much as I want to because I don't like their pricing. Like I actually just bought my first Switch game for myself. I bought Skyward Sword for thirty bucks, and that should not have been thirty dollars; should have been twenty or less. But Nintendo, <laughs> and I got a deal for thirty. Yeah, that's like here. Like I I've been wanting to play Mario Odyssey for forever. And some the same store I got Luigi's Mansion was selling used copies last week for forty dollars, and I was like, I have to do this because, uh, like, I, I get it because You're not gonna find like, Mario Kart is still selling in the top twenty games in the MPDs every month, so people are buying it at hundred. Why drop it to twenty? But like, it's it's crappy because when I had my Switch, when I had my first system, that's what I came. My problem was that all the games were like a hundred dollars, and I couldn't buy any for it so like any of the nintendo first party stuff like most of the stuff i have my switch now is just like games i already own like i have like all the Mega Man games i play them on my break at work and like i just rebought resident evil one because like why not because it's a masterpiece (laughs) all the remake or the original now the remake both are masterpieces but i've never played the original if you put it on the show i'm 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 on it Okay, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I, I've I've been meaning to put it on the show. Actually, I, I I mean I played a little bit when I was younger, but I've never really, I've never finished the first one. I've never Do not got to play the black box version or the long box version. I play whatever the emulation is. <laughs> so, yeah, director's cut. I'd play. Oh yeah, I do want to play it. Do not play the long box version. <laughs> I got into the snake. I think that's as far as I've gotten before I just quit playing because it terrified me. First snake or second snake? First snake. Okay. I'm a wuss when it comes to horror games, especially when I was younger. Still a wuss when it comes to horror games. Like, the game that scared me the most ever in my life is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Terrified the hell out of me. And I was 30-something when I played that. And I was... I was it was October. I was playing it. I played it for the show, of course. And I was in, in, in my basement. We just bought a house. And I was just... And the house was still, like, we're still getting used to everything. And there wasn't that much furniture. And that game just terrified the hell out of me. So, good game, though. Still plan to play it again. Oh, Ron, do you have anything else that you have been playing that you want to mention? Yeah, I was going to recommend this game, Blair. Um, this game just came out, and since you have Game Pass, it's free, technically. Weird <laughs> West. I've, I've been heard about this. For the past week. One of those YouTubers, G-Man Lives, I believe his name is, he reviewed the game about a week ago, and I saw I could get it for free. I was like, I'm trying this, and I really am enjoying myself with it. it I enjoy the combat and like the pacing of the game i just think it's phenomenal it's whatever you want to do you can do it pretty much and it's just you're just kind of limited to your imagination and what you want to do um you play as a few different characters throughout the game i'm currently on the second character but the first character you play as is kind of like a tutorial character as a bounty hunter as just a nice way of teaching you games like oh it's like here's this giant church but there's no ladder to get on top, and I see a weapon and ammo up there. How do I get up there? And I just grab a couple barrels, stack them on top of each other, climb up top, and that's just cool. get the sweet needs loot. And you could also there's like oil barrels you could throw, poison barrels, TNT barrels that you could pick up and throw at your enemies and shoot them. <laughs> Set up like a little trap. You could go guns blaze, blazing, sneaking in. It's 
I just really am liking it. Just, and like the story is super, super strange too. And it's, it's like he plays these five different characters, but I don't want to say too much, but you're all the same person. Like I said, I'm only on the second character, but uh, okay. which is the uh, pig man. And you don't remember, like you used to, you know, you used to be a normal human, but then you got abducted and now you're a hideous pig head person. So now, whenever people see you in like the like it's the same world you travel in, but if you go to the town you were as a bounty hunter, people don't like you because you're a monster, and they'll shoot you on sight. So it's kind of forcing me to play a little more differently, more stealthily. But if I just want to run with a shotgun, murder everyone, I could. <laughs> Essential NPCs are killable in this game. That I don't like, but yeah, I mean that's something I'm kind of scared about with this game. But it kind of makes my playthrough more unique compared to if you were to play it, which I actually think is kind of cool. Yeah, I wouldn't kill any NPCs. I didn't have to. I don't like killing people that are not evil in games. If I don't have to. Yeah. That's just how I play. Well, well, it does a pretty good job of showing you who is evil. Yeah. Uh, but it looks interesting. If you, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty fun. I, I enjoy it pretty good. I mean, it's like a third person top-down shooter or, or like action adventure game. It looks a and lot like Diablo. Yes. And each world or each little map you play on is kind of small, so it's easy to explore. And as I said, it's like I found a secret bed hiding on top of a cliff next to this person's mansion. Just because it's like, I think I could climb up this wall. Oh, yes, I could. I think I climbed this cliff. Yes, I could. And I found one <laughs> of the uh, secret playing cards that permanently level you up during your entire playthrough. So. If you find it as your first player, you use it to get upgrades to make yourself stronger, and those will carry through as the next character you play as, and your third character. But then there's also these uh, shards, I think there are, that level up your personal character, like your bounty hunter. Like they could essentially have like bullet time from like Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Or one of the abilities you can get is on a revolver, you could shoot all six bullets at once. And so it's it's very creative. I forget who these people are that made them, but they they really did a good job, and it just came out last week, and, and I, I kind of wish I bought the game. Yeah, Devolver published it, and they tend to kind of get some interesting, like, indie titles. Like, normally, if they're publishing, then they found, like, something that's really cool and unique. Yeah, people are, are saying it's game of the year that no one's going to play, and I will stand behind that statement. Because not everyone's going to play it. Because it, like, just because it's like a top-down third-person shooter, kind of hurts my eyes at times. Because I'm used to first-person shooters, third-person shooters, and not being able to look at some of the smaller objects, like a little box of ammo, is kind of hard at times. But it, it, it's just a fun game to explore and experience. And like, you travel between areas, and random events could happen. I've met this witch, and she gave me a box. She told me to hang on to the box, and she'll find me. But she also told me, do not open the box. And I went to my inventory, and there's the box, and I could open it. And I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to open it. <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the first Fallout. Yes, like I, random I, things that can happen. I haven't happen. played the first Fallout, but that's don't, kinda how I, don't ever do that. It, <laughs> I got game. it for free in college. For like it's 25th anniversary, but I've not played it. Bad but game. Not play, I never played first Fallout. I want to describe it as the first Fallout. I played Fallout 1 for the show episode 6, I think, and I hated it. So yeah, I don't recommend it to anybody. 
Now, Fallout 3, I recommend. <laughs> I just don't like the original one, because you can screw yourself really bad in those games. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if you're able to play Weird West, give it a go. At least for like an hour. It's just fascinating. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you have Game Pass, there's no reason to not try it. It's also a really small download, too. So, there's that. And Xbox downloads stuff really fast. Like, I downloaded the Master Chief collections. I got 135 gigs, and, like, it was, like, not long getting it. And, of yeah, course, I've also been playing Halo with the Master Chef collection yeah. in between all these other games. Like, in between the crashes Bioshock gave me just because it's fun. Multiplayer's fun. I've been playing these games since they came out, and it's just a nice little package. Well, big package. And they're still updating it. And the state of Halo Infinite is barren, we'll say. <laughs> It's the reason why I haven't played Infinite since January, but I keep playing the Master Chef Collection. Master Chief Collection. <laughs> I, I joke it's the Master Chef Collection. Just because yeah, I think it's funny. I am curious about Infinite, but I haven't really played any... I don't really play much Halo. It's not my thing as much. But it does look good, though. Definitely interesting. Yeah. Oh, and one last game that I want to mention, at least for my part, is I, I'm going to talk about more on the show, but I, I have to mention it briefly. I played Rise of the Tomb Raider this week for a future episode. God, that game is amazing for me. It hit all the right spots. And I, if you never played Rise of Tomb Raider, you really, really should. I, I, I played it. Yeah, that, that's really cool. As I, I, the thing about these, like the new Tomb Raider games, is that I finished like the first one, I think, maybe once or twice. And then I never played the other ones. And I don't remember anything about them. 2013 uh, is good. Rise is better. And I, don't know anything about i have never touched shadow at all yet that's all i got oh ron anything else that you've been playing that you want to mention yeah it seems like we keep talking about all these old games but that's that's fine these are the games we were playing uh a month ago i decided you know i have this ps2 sitting here let's and i miss going to the arcade especially playing the dance dance revolution game cabinet i went on ebay bought myself a dance mat and (laughs) two playstation 2 dance revolution games Dance Dance Revolution Stream, which I had as a kid with a dance mat, and one I never played before. Oh my gosh, what is it called? Dance Dance Revolution or Max 2? Yes. Which I never played. It, it's okay. Uh, but just experiencing this game as an adult, it, it's just so enjoyable to me. Brings back memories and puts a smile on my face. Like discovering these old songs. Like there's a song from Silent Hill 3. <laughs> and it. <laughs> I take it unlocked, and I'm like, this is actually a pretty cool rock song. This is awesome. Man, I, I love DDR when I was younger. I I miss it that it... If I see it in arcade, I will play it. But yeah, I don't see I, arcades. Or go to arcades. Yeah, not many arcades where I live, but... There's, um... At in these two games was 50 bucks total. Like, when we, uh, When my fiancé and I go to movies, like... Like, they have, like, a new arcade in our mall because, like, they kind of have, like, an arcade and it's, like, a bowling alley and also a restaurant that's, like, kind of the monopolized on, like, sit-down eating. So we go, like, we get off work, go get something to eat and then go see a movie. Um, and they have, it's not DDR, but it's, like, like it's it's some type of knockoff. And, like, I see kids there and, like, I think one kid was filming himself the other day because he had, like, there was a tripod set up. But I think I see the same kid there multiple times, just like in his shorts, catching his breath between rounds. So like it's some flavor of that is like still popular. Yeah, they're uh, crazy. Like the ones that take it, like playing both mats, and I've seen there uh-huh. other types of games like this. So I'm happy to see these actual 
movement games still exist and still live in the modern world. I miss it. I I I had the P, I have the PS2 games, but I used to have dance pads and everything, and I would I had them taped to a to a rug so that way it wouldn't slide on my floor. Yeah, one time, a long time ago. <laughs> I used to play a lot. I yeah, love DDR. Once a week, I'll bring up my mat and just dance for a couple hours. And at least with Extreme, you unlock new songs and new dancers. And for some reason, I want to unlock all the dancers. <laughs> well, that's how PS2 era was. Like, I mean, at least for me, I remember doing that lot where I would try to unlock things in a game. Like, that was the point of it, because there were no achievements at that time. And so, I, I, I just like it. I, like I said, I'm forcing myself to play these songs and realizing I like these songs. And the <laughs> game's just silly and fun, and it's an exercise, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> and any last, uh, Blair, do you have any other games you want to mention before we move on to TV shows or movies? Uh, I'm turning around. And, um, no, I think I'm good. I don't think anyone really needs to hear about how I'm loving the crap out of Star Wars Episode 1 Racer on my Switch. Um, <laughs> so playing, oh, yeah, totally. Or it could just be nostalgia, but I, I just play it on my break at work. Um, yeah, that's. I, I'm sure I can go on for forever with a bunch of smaller games but uh, I, I think that's a good i think okay. i'm good uh, anything else you want to mention ron well that's that's pretty much everything i've been doing it's just a constant cycle play a game for a couple <laughs> days something happens and move on to something else i can't do that i have to beat every game i start just about but i want to beat every game i start though that's my problem too <laughs> i make myself and i get out of that habit like i i turn on battle toads and I played it for a bit, and I was beating my head against the wall, and I was like, you know what? Life's too short. I'm just moving on to something else. Well, that's because that's just a bad game. So, Well, this is the new Battletoads, like the remake that came out, and it's really funny. And it has a great animation, but it's like really hard. Kind of like the older ones. And I think I just need someone to play it with as I was playing it by myself. Um, but yeah, if I don't like something, well, other than Horizon, which I hate played for like nearly 60 hours, but <laughs> oh, I will mention one final sure, obscure PS2 game because I, I did try playing it you know, for a couple days. Uh, game Informer did a replay of it when they remastered it and because Elden Ring is so popular. This is another one of a uh, FromSoft software game. Metal Wolf Chaos XD. I've been oh yeah, I've heard about this a little bit. Mission. Oh yeah, that's not obscure. That one's been out... Uh... I remember they had broken pixels on it and went up when it was like the original Xbox version. I, I've been wanting to play that, but I think it, I think it's, yeah, I'll, I'll just hear you talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they I did know a remaster of it, and they didn't record any new lines, so it's the original, like 2004, very, oh, very cheesy. those lines. The, the game starts out with, so you play as a president in a giant mech suit, and the game starts out with you bursting out of the White House, Yelling, let's party! And then you kill a whole bunch of terrorists. <laughs> okay. Because the vice president is doing a coup d'etat. This is almost like too much on the nose right now. Which yeah, is kind of the game takes, he's, it's like your place, the 47th president, which I think we're currently on. <laughs> oh, I can't see Joe Biden in that mech. I, I think it's like 40... Mike Wilson is the president. I think it's 49th. I think Trump was 48. I think he was 45. I think I. I I just live here. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, how can well, you just keep your head? Actually, I want to go up to I want to go up to your land. I want to go to Canada. Oh yeah, you are right. Forty five, and then Joe Biden is forty six. Okay. So next time you're going to hear a president burst out of the White House and say, "Richard." <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
All right. And then there are a couple shows I want to mention that I've been watching. I was, I was until Netflix was mean and took away my start. I was watching Star Trek Next Generation again. I had gotten through season three and almost got through all of four and then they took it away. And I, I'm sad now because <laughs> I was really, really enjoying Star Trek Next Generation again. Like that show just still holds up after all these years. It's still so good. And it just, it just it's never not going to be good. I don't think I, I, I thought maybe I was going to like Deep Space Nine more because I, and then I started watching Next Generation again. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you're still great. <laughs> so, but yeah, now it's only on Paramount, unfortunately. But Deep Space Nine is still on Netflix for some reason, but not Next Gen or Voyager or Enterprise. Just Deep Space Nine. I don't know why. I don't understand who wrote what contracts. But hey, uh, Blair, anything you you've been watching you want to mention? Well, as I brought up earlier, uh, I've been watching Halo, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, well, see. I, I never really got into Halo initially. Like it was very weird because like where I grew up, everyone kind of had PlayStation twos and then suddenly everyone was getting Xboxes and I didn't know why. Or no, everyone had original Playstations. And I thought that when the new systems are coming out, everyone would get a PS2. But then everyone got Xboxes. Another reason you might live in Canada, by the way, is Star Trek Next Generation is still on Netflix in Canada. Um <laughs> If I only Netflix let me use my VPN, but it will not yeah. let me use a VPN to change where I'm at. I try. So, yeah. So I had a bunch of friends who were in Halo and I was in residence. and Everyone was talking about Halo. And I think it was like just when Halo 3 was announced. And I was like, OK, I have to give this a try. And so I played Halo 1 and I played Halo 2. And I was like, I, I get this. Like, I <laughs> like I get why this is good. I even like read some of the books. Books are good. But then I think I read up the Ghosts of Onyx. That was the last one I read. But then I lived with people and they played Halo constantly. And I got so sick of seeing Halo that I never wanted to see it again. So I never finished three onwards, even though I heard there's some good ones in there. But I mean, I'll, I'll try anything based on a video game. And starting out, it kind of got me because it like you see the elites come in and the Master Chief comes in and he's like shooting them. and then. It kind of cuts to his helmet and you see the HUD and one point like his shield goes and then you hear like the beeps and then his shield power up. And I was like, oh, you got me. This is so <laughs> cool. But the past three episodes have been he's not he just doesn't have his helmet on or his armor. This week he was buck ass naked. Like if you've ever want to see the Master Chief's ass, go watch episode three of Halo the series. Why? I mean, I he's always in the armor, even in the books and everything. He never really takes off the armor. It's part of them. But, Actually, but in the Halo book, I believe he takes his armor off once. I guess like the, the problem with Halo, well, there's two problems. Like one, it's too late for a Halo adaptation because Halo is still popular, but it's not it's not the big thing anymore. Like no, when not when they were when they were going to do the movie, like when they literally had people in Master Chief armors delivering scripts to studios. It was like when Halo 3 was on the way. That, and Halo that was about was, 2007. Yeah, and Halo was, was actually carrying red Peter hot. Jackson was going to come direct or be involved in some way. Yeah, oh, it was going to be. It was yes, Peter Jackson uh, was producing. Neil Blomkamp was going to direct. If uh, you wanted to see what Halo movie, that Halo movie would look like, the Halo 3 live action trailer called Landfall Part 1 and 2 is a... a expertly well done like eight minute short film like master chief's not in it no spartans are in it it's just a bunch of odsts and regular marines getting their butt kicked by a bunch of brutes yeah that sounds about right i think i, I know you're talking i've seen what you're talking about before yeah um but 
you know, that thing never really took off. They, it was, you know, elephant hell, so to speak. Uh, and eventually, all those assets and work ethic was transferred into District 9, became oh. the Halo movie. Yeah, there's like, you can see, like, some of the warthogs and everything, and the mm-hmm. guns. But I, I get what they're trying to do, because, like, if you're going to have a show and the main drive, the main character is the Master Chief, like, I guess they have to do this to an extent. But the thing about, and I mean, I, I like, I've already kind of described my history with Halo. Master Chief isn't a character. He's a cool-looking character, but he's just kind of the instrument that you guide. Like, the Halo games and even the books are not his emotional journey. It's just he is a weapon. So and The books don't even make, really all follow him either. Yeah, and if you're going to make a show, he's either going to have to be like a secondary character when he's gone. Everyone's going to be like, we want the show to be when the Master Chief isn't around. Everyone says, where's Master Chief? So you either have to do that or you have to do what they're doing now. And it's just not working. And even the past two episodes, like, I just want to see Master Chief and Spartan shoot aliens. I want to see a grunt come out and be silly, but everything is just moving at a snail's pace and it looks not great. And some of it's getting me, but I, I mean, I just, I was supposed to get 30 days free with for Paramount Plus as I'm a gold subscriber, but then I've already been charged. So I guess I screwed up that promotion. That's just weird. Yeah, so, so not, not only did you endorsements. <laughs> have to watch a crappy show, you also got charged for the crappy show when you shouldn't have. So, Well, my parents got to watch 1883, or not, I don't know. They love Yellowstone like a bunch okay. of other people, because I share my accounts with my parents. And so it was worth that. Just um, don't tell Netflix. Yeah. And I mean, there's like, I think there's nine episodes, and it's on three, and the episodes are an hour long, and they feel really long. And some of it is, I mean, I, I hope it builds to something, but right now it's just, it's just kind of on and I'm looking at my phone a lot cause I'm bored, but something I wasn't bored at, which I saw Thursday night is Sonic the Hedgehog two, which is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I mean, it's not high art and it's a little bit too long at two hours, but like it is a Sonic's fan's dream come true then way i describe it is can you imagine like with like with the first transformers movie where they had a bunch of stupid human characters instead of doubling down on the human characters they just said let's put those guys to the side mostly and just have transformers that's what sonic 2 is like james marston and humans are barely in it there's barely a frame where sonic tails knuckles or robotnik aren't there or together well that's good and they even bring in, like, there's literally, I don't want to get into spoilers, as I think, like, people should watch it, especially if they love Sonic. Um, like, they, 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 bring in, they bring in the gun group from Sonic Adventure 2. Oh. <laughs> and it okay, completely cool. makes sense. Uh, the only thing that it's missing so far, maybe they're saying for Sonic 3, is, like, the Sonic Adventure songs. Like there's no live and learn yet, and I was like, "That's what I'm dying to hear." In this, God, you, I, I love that song still. Um, yeah, me hanging too. Hanging on the edge of tomorrow. Like singing it since I saw the movie. Like I was so giddy. Like there was a kid, like Tails shows up in the biplane, and some kid in the audience clapped, and I was so happy for him. <laughs> and I was there with him. I was like, "Oh, that's Tails' plane!" 
And it's really heartfelt, too. Like, I remember reading, I think it was Console Wars, and they were talking about how I think, like, Sega of America and Japan were fighting about, like, what to call Tails. Like, I mean, one of them wanted to call Tails, and one of them wanted to call them Miles Per Hour. And then they had some speech, or I think Sega of America did some speech about how, like, Tails was, like, a loner, and everyone made fun of them, but then Sonic was like, no, you're not different. Being different is cool, and let's be friends, and they kind of do that moment. That's and cool. It, it kind of got me, like, I was kind of choked up a bit, and... um boy, there's a mid credit scene in this, and, like, I want everyone to see it so bad because my fiancé and I were just, like, uproariously laughing, um, and I can't wait to see how it pays off. I need to oh, go see this movie. I haven't once, seen a movie lately, but... Once you see the post credit scene, please, or the mid credit scene, please message me immediately because I need to talk about it <laughs> okay. so bad. Um, Maybe I'll go see it next weekend. And there's a... there. So Sonic is voiced by Ben Schwartz, and... Um, I don't think the kids got the John Ralphio reference from Parks and Recreation, but I sure as hell did and lost my mind laughing. Like, if you're a Parks and Recreation fan, you'll get it immediately when Sonic does the thing. You mean it wasn't Chris Pratt that voiced Sonic? (laughs) No. And man, like, I don't like giving kudos to, like, multinational corporations and conglomerates, but... Why not? Kudos to Paramount about how they've kind of handled the marketing for all of this. Not even going back to the first one where they just said, let's spend millions of dollars to make Sonic not look like a nightmare monster. (laughs) So not only did they hire like the voice actors from Tales for the game, because fans on on social media were like, I mean, you have Idris Elba's name on the poster. You have Ben Schwartz's name on the poster. Why not Colleen O'Shaughnessy? She's Tails. And they're like, okay, let's do the poster and put her name on it. And she's at the world premieres, like doing press. I'm like, that is so cool. To see like a voice actor getting that credit and man, Idris Elba's knuckles is also absolutely hilarious. Like it's it's right in that like Dave Batista Drax line in like Starfire and Teen Titans. That's how my fiance described it. It's kind of like an apt description of like how he how he is. And um like I I, I would say I'm a moderate Sonic fan. Like as a kid, my Sonic love was like red hot and it's it's still with me a little bit. But watching this movie and I saw kids get up at the end and they were just running around. I'm like, (laughs) this is what this is all about, man. Like, I don't care that it's getting like a 50 something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, like that kid loves this and that's what it's all about. And I honestly would say, I don't know if it's like the best video game movie ever, but it's damn near close. That's not a high bar, though. So, well, I mean, (laughs) Like, I saw Uncharted earlier this year, and Uncharted was just, it's just so shockingly average and made with no love for the source material. Like, you have to you have to be pretty lazy, and I don't like using that word, because I know movies and art and everything in production is hard. But you've got to be pretty lazy to not, to screw up, like, an Uncharted movie. Like, it's it's there for you. It's Indiana Jones, it's National Treasure. Oh, God, they should have got Nicolas Cage to play Sully. But anyway, well, I never understand why Mark Wahlberg is Sully. And I don't understand why Tom Holland is Nathan Drake. It's he's well, not Tom Holland is a bankable star who starred in billion dollar grossing Spider-Man movies for Sony, who owns the Uncharted. Franchise. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand the logistics. I just I didn't agree with it. I was like, it, I, mean, I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I want to, but I don't care enough. I guess. Well, we saw The Lost City um, with the Channing Tatum Sandra Bullock movie and I was like like Channing Tatum could have been Nathan Drake 
Like, he's not too old, and he's has really good comedic timing. Like, let him do it. Hey, he's busy getting ready for that Gambit movie still. And he's getting busy and ready for Magic Mike 3, and I can't wait. Um, <laughs> oh, and I guess, I mean, I saw Morbius last week. Is that uh, as bad as everybody says? Go watch the Panels of Pixels review by my friend Josh Sutton. It's, I mean, it's not great. It's, it's Morbius it's, and Jared Leto. Uh, yeah, it it it's a it's a throwback to kind of like the Blade era of comic book movies, but not as good. So if you kind of have like a nostalgia for that, Matt Smith from Doctor Who is in, and he understands the assignments. He must have gained so much weight chewing on scenery. He is he understands what he's in, and the post credit scenes just make no sense. Like Sony just wants a cinematic universe so bad. So yeah, and that, there, that's. I mean, they're going to get one. I don't think they will. I don't think that's you're going to see Jared Leto's Morbius teaming up with Tom Hardy's Venom. I just I didn't understand it, but I'll, I'll I do. I'll watch it someday. If it's on a streaming service that I have access to, I'll, I'll watch Morbius, but I am not going to theaters to see it. Yeah, I'm a Spider-Man junkie, so I just don't care. It's Morbius and I hate Jared Leto, so I just can't. Yeah, Plus, I just don't care. So, yeah. Oh, Ron, anything you've been watching that you want to mention? I generally don't watch TV and movies because I like to sit down and play games, but okay. I just end up watching stuff on YouTube anyway. But uh, me and one of my friends, we've been going through Twin Peaks together when we find time. We just finished watching season two this past weekend, and that probably took us three months to watch. Not because there's so many episodes, just because, you know, once David Lynch and Mike Frost lost control of the show, it just kind of got boring, and episodes were just not that good. But the last episode of season two, they brought David Lynch back. And just because of that, he was able to save Twin Peaks and set up the series for the return. So uh, I'm going to, can't, I can't wait to sit down and watch it with my friend, you know, rewatch the third season, because that's a very different show to what Twin Peaks is. But yeah, Twin Peaks, it's good. <laughs> okay. I've only seen season one and part of season two years and years ago then i never continued on i don't want to say but twin peaks kind of influenced how i do some day-to-day activities like i i now drink black coffee straight just because of the show and should you comment about the coffee too this is a damn good cup of coffee at work just randomly to say it (sighs) only when people are not around (laughs) (laughs) i I haven't watched any of it the only thing i know about is the simpsons reference where it's just like a horse dancing and Homer is just like brilliant. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> well, I heard that Twin Peaks was inspiration for Alan Wake, and I love Alan Wake yes. to death. Same. So I finally did my homework. And yeah, it's pretty good. The first season's pretty good. I would watch the second half of season two, then skip to the last episode of season two. And if you really want to, watch season three. <laughs> <laughs> is it Where is it streaming right now? Golly. Season three, I think, is still only on Showtime, okay. unless you buy like the collection Blu-ray pack and get it all on disc. It, it's out there. Okay. Not not as much of it should be, but the other I did watch another movie because I don't want to say I'm like a film buff, but <laughs> I like to watch things that are interesting to me. And I watched this three-hour-long movie, Made in Russia in 1972 called Solaris. I finally sat down and watched that movie. I, I 
kind of went on a sci science fiction spree a couple of years ago, trying to read like all the great science fiction books, and Solaris came up. And in short, it's a very hard book to read, but very fascinating because it deals with aliens, and if humanity ever encounters aliens, we wouldn't know what to do. Like we wouldn't even know we're encountering an alien, and and that's the plot of Solaris, where and. If you played Silent Hill 2 recently, which is pretty much exactly the plot of this movie book. So somebody killed somebody and then they're denying it? Or what? Well, actually, yes. <laughs> okay. Not to spoil it, but it's a space station off this planet Solaris that's surrounded by this like purple goo. And all these men on this space station just go insane and start killing themselves. Because they keep saying they see visions of things that aren't real. So they send this psychologist up in the station. And he sees his girlfriend who committed suicide like five years earlier after they broke up. But she acts like nothing ever happened and they're dating again. Just because the planet alien is able to dive deep into your mind and pull out like deep subconscious thoughts. And and I finally watched the movie and it's kind of like an art house movie. The first hour is kind of slow, but it, it, it's beautifully shot, very colorful until you get to the space station where you feel cramped and golly will it take you on a ride okay i i will it, it it's not for the fan of art but um if you know who akira kurosawa is the guy who did seven samurai he really liked this movie too which is kind of a cool fact when i opened my Criterion <laughs> collection set and it's like oh he wrote a little paragraph on this he and the director got drunk and sang the seven samurai <laughs> theme in russia <laughs> <laughs> oh i did one show that I that I tried watching, I tried watching Euphoria. I watched the first episode, turned it off, and I was done. <laughs> Last time I did one of these, what are you playing? Somebody had recommended it, and I just—it's a show about Zendaya as a teenage plays a teenager who does drugs, and I just could not do it. I just couldn't. Yeah. It, it's too dark, too depressing. I was only in the first episode, and I'm just like, nope, I, I can't do this. I yeah, turned so it off. The first hour of Sol- Solaris. Um, I see Andrei Tarkovsky is the name of the, this Russian director. They say he purposely made the first hour boring to <laughs> make all the stupid people turn away. <laughs> but, That's why you saw your movie. But you kind of need it because, you know, you're on Earth, it's spacious, you get feel the fresh air. And let's see, I think modern movies nowadays, like Morbius has like, they have like 2,000 shots all stitched together. This movie, Solaris, has like 150 and it's like 180 minutes long. So a bunch of long takes of like moss and a lake and it, it's very quiet and very personable and i will never be watching this <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, hey you played silent hill too so you kind of get the gist okay yeah he, but i'm gonna move on to this this russian director's next movie he did which is probably even more phenomenal because i it's based off another book called roadside picnic and same plot aliens come to earth leave their junk and fake why does that sound really familiar i don't know why but it does hey, hey, I'm, I'm getting there so the government starts building these walls around these zones, but people want all these like artifacts, and they're paying people to go into these zones and retrieve them. Oh, now so I know why this sounds familiar. There are okay. a bunch of mysterious things that happen in there, and you have to like throw a nail or tack. If nothing happens, it's safe to go there. And these people that guide people to the zone are called stalkers. <laughs> as soon as so, you said zone, it clicked why I remember Yeah, I was this. like, that's the key word, but yeah. He directed the Stalker movie, I think, 78, and I'm excited to watch that one, too. We were because, supposed uh, to cover that for the show a long, long time ago, back when I had my original co-host, 
because one of them, Stu, was obsessed with Stalker, which we did two of the we did two of the games. Yeah, I, I played the Metro games and love them to death. Uh, yeah, I tried Stalker. reading the Metro book, didn't fall in love with it. But then learning that Roadside Picnic is where Stalker comes from, and these Stalker games come from, which then influenced Metro. No, very all linked together. It's like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> More enjoyable read than Solaris for sure. And I'm one of these days sit down and watch the movie. Still long and and you know. Any type of art in Russia during the Soviet Union is, oh yeah, a sedition. So I kind of did feel strange watching this Russian movie with Russia invading Ukraine. But I'm like, wait a second, this guy yeah. nearly got kicked out of Russia for his views. So yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I just think it's cool. So you're not going to go watch the George Clooney one. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Um, I think they missed the point, but maybe I should go watch it. I don't know. I'm assuming it's not based on the same book, is it? It is based on the same book, oh. but instead of being like a, a, a thought experiment, you know, like, you know, basic plot, you know, how do we interact with aliens? We'll never know. Why is my dead girlfriend here? They play more about the relationship aspect instead of like the overall theme of the novel. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, it was 2002. What do you do? <laughs> 2002. Not a good year for games. <laughs> I did a year. I did episode that too. God, and the other thing I want to mention is I started watching The Good Place finally. Oh, so good. It is. We're just about done. We're on season four. We're like two episodes away from finishing it. I was trying to finish it before this, before this recording, but that did not happen. But that's a really good show. I'm really surprised how much I'm enjoying it. I, I came into it not really expecting much other than I like Kristen Bell. And I'm like, this is really good. So, yeah, it's definitely something worth watching. And then the other thing I've been watching, because I really like documentaries. I started watching a documentary about Andy Warhol, which I knew nothing about, I found out. That's it's it's very interesting talking about the eighties and talking about like it gets into like AIDS and stuff because he was gay and I think he dies of AIDS too is what happened to him. But it's it's really it's a really good documentary series on Netflix. So if you, it's like five episodes long, like five hours or so, but it's I'm enjoying it. I'm learning more about the guy who painted soup cans that I never cared about, but I find it interesting. So yeah, kind of cool. <laughs> uh, Blair, anything? Did you watch Moon Knight yet? I have watched the first two episodes. It's fine. I, I was having a conversation with my friend that like, and this is, I will preface this by saying that I've already secured tickets to the Thursday night screening for Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit burnt out on Marvel. Understandable. Because the last, I think it's just the last year. I mean, Spider-Man notwithstanding, because I mean, it's it's Spider-Man. I would say it's hard to screw up, but then Amazing Spider-Man 2 was only 2014. And that movie's um, terrible. Yeah, it sure is. And but I mean, Spider-Man notwithstanding, like like WandaVision was good. Falcon Winter Soldier was fine. It's like a six hour show that's a setup for a costume. Loki was good. But then like Black Widow was such a slog. And what? Eternals was a slog. Like it was even worse. I like Eternals. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, but I, I just thought it was pointless. And then like I didn't like Hawkeye either. Hawkeye was so all over the place. So when Moon Knight was around the corner, I was like, I like I, I don't know anything about this character. So the show has to do a lot of heavy lifting. And from what I've seen, people who know the character, like it's not entirely accurate. And like Ethan Hawk just kind of looks and talks like Raiden from Mortal Kombat 95. <laughs> okay. Once you see it, you won't be able to unhear it. Uh, okay, I haven't watched Moon Knight yet because I just I just haven't cared yet. I'm I'm kind of uh, the same boat you are. Are you guys in like that Moon Knight core Facebook group? 
because I I am I, I haven't read any of the Moon Knight comics. I have yet to watch the show, but being in this like die hard Facebook group about this comic book character is super fascinating. I think there's like only a thousand, two thousand of us, and they're the ones that made that comic book panel of Moon Knight going, Dracula, are you in here, you big nerd? Where's my money? And people thought that was a serious comic book panel. I but they I, made I, it up. I, I can't do that stuff anymore because like I and this is coming from a guy who owns a website based on I know that covers comic book video games, but like I'm over the is this accurate, is it not accurate, who's the best whatever. Like I I don't care anymore. Like everything is different and if I wanted like this thing, I'm gonna read this thing. If I want to play this thing, I'll play this thing. Like the movie doesn't have to be one way or the other. But just like the way people get on, like they're so and I get it, like they love these characters, but it's just like just I let these things kind of stand on their own. I'm over the which Spider-Man is better, what is your hot take? Like like what you like, hate what you hate, like is whatever. Well, so far my experience being in this group, there that has never been an issue. Moon Knight is Moon Knight and they love him. And they talk about the uh, writers of the books. And make fun of some of them because some of them aren't that good, from my understanding. And he's and, a very strange character. It's a yeah, it's a thing about certain Marvel characters where it's like, like the best ones almost have like an elevator pitch about what they are and what the reason why they're doing it. So it's like Spider Man is kid gets bit by spider, uses power selfishly, uncle dies, becomes a hero to make up for that mistake. Like Iron Man is like selfish billionaire nearly dies, builds suits of armor to right his wrongs. Moon Knight's like, well, he may be the avatar of an Egyptian god, but he also just might be crazy, and he may have superpowers, but he also might not have superpowers. Oh, also, Kanchu in the show sounds like Venom. Uh, (laughs) Okay. It just reminds me a lot of Venom, and it's also, I don't know if anybody watched the show Mythic Quest on Apple TV. No. Oh, it's really good, except it's produced by ubisoft so i have a moral problem with that but the actor there's an actor on that his name is f marie abraham and he's kind of like a writer from the 70s who's like vaguely racist and he's the voice of conchu and moon knight so it's hard to unhear cw Longbottom. <laughs> okay then you guys have any other shows or movies you want to mention quick or did we cover everything you guys wanted to mention i got one last thing i want to go out on but i got a comic book i started reading sure uh, well, that i did it's called a Mind Management or Mind M G M T. By like the Omnibus, which contains like the first two volumes, first twelve comics. It's pretty cool. It's about this airplane where everyone on it, their minds get wiped and they don't even know who they are. But one person goes missing. Okay. And it's about this author, this girl named Mer- Meru, and she tries to unravel the mystery and trying to find what's going on and. It's and she learns what's going on. Like there's this organization that's learned how to control people's minds and influence people. People like they're able to think to themselves to like heal themselves. Like they could stab themselves in the chest, but they just kind of tell their body to not bleed, dispatch herself back to the other end. And and she ends up finding this one person, learns what's happening. Then her mind gets wiped, and she has to do it again. At least that's where I'm at in the story. And she knows a little bit more. And more about who she is, but it's still like the same 
spiral a conspiracy and like who do you trust and i'm like wait a second why should i trust this guy who says who he is telling me the story maybe he's just using me i think it's fantastic you could buy the first omnibus for like 25 bucks online is what i did or 15 bucks comicology but all the other issues i don't know why but they're like 100 bucks each because comics that's comic books at least the physical editions and i'm not gonna tell you how much money i spent on comic books this past week just because of this. No, I, I understand. I'm looking at a first appearance of Hawkeye up, up above me. So yeah. I understand. <laughs> I saw one of them was not only signed by the author, but he did a doodle. Pretty big doodle. It took up two pages, you know, from the front cover to the next page. And I thought it was at a price I could afford and bought it. So I'm gonna <laughs> once I get it, I'm going to read it. And I, I, I seriously, I, I don't know if you tell, but I like the mind-altering forms of entertainment out there. I'm noticing that, yes. <laughs> and two last things I want to mention that have nothing to do with nor- just stuff I want to update on because I can in the show. Uh, one, I had a mice problem in my house for the first time. That was fun. <laughs> I bought a bunch of uh, humane traps and caught a bunch of mice. And it was not a fun. It was not fun to go through that. So if you ever have mice, it sucks. But they do sell humane traps on, uh, okay. on Amazon. <laughs> so it was a weird thing, but I wanted to mention it. And last thing, I, weird thing I want to mention is I went to Vegas for the first time this past week when I recorded I, an episode that you would have just heard 007. I was in Vegas. I saw. That is not something I ever want to do again in my life. <laughs> it, it's a great city if you're into drinking and gambling and like people. And I I did not. <laughs> I had a good time, but it wasn't for me. Looking at I like pictures spend... gave me anxiety. Wait, it's so many people. And I felt like a jackass. And at one point, because some guys in the elevator, yeah, we just got here. I'm like, oh, what state are you from? He's like, we're from Canada. I'm like, Oh, and I'm thinking to myself, you dumbass, why don't you just say, where are you from? <laughs> but it made me laugh, and I did want to ask what part of Canada, but I did not. Because I just felt like a dumbass, so I just stopped talking. But it's a cool city. Like, it, it's just, but everybody's trying to rip you off in, in Vegas. Everything's trying to rip you off. Like, there's no water fountains anywhere you go. It's just, yeah, I just didn't like how everything is so expensive. Everything. And we were on the strip, mostly, so that's why, but still. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. And I don't know if I'll ever go again, but... It was it was worth a once in a lifetime thing, and I did play a Star Trek casino game or slot machine and lost twenty bucks, and I was done. <laughs> it was yeah, the closest I came we went to Niagara Falls on the Canada side a couple of years ago, and I played an alien based on the Ridley Scott movie slot machine and won two hundred dollars. I'm just like I'm getting out of here, mm-hmm. like, and they really are traps. Yes, like, are. I remember like trying to find I found a Wonder Woman slot machine. I was trying to show it to my brother, and I was like. I have no idea where this is too. When we've got around the circles for the past fifteen minutes, <laughs> they're built that way. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I thought about sitting down and playing one hand of blackjack, but the minimum bid for like any of them was like I think fifteen dollars something. Like I'm not going to spend really? fifteen dollars just to watch it disappear. <laughs> I had my first uh, gambling experience last month actually, and played blackjack and walked away with money. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. We won forty bucks on one game, and my wife just played it back. <laughs> I'm like, no, walk I, away. I, We're done. I, I thought it was interesting. Blackjack's one of those games you don't even play. At least I did it. My dealer was kind of playing for everyone at the table. Yeah, that's Blackjack. You just <laughs> say hit or no. Hit or stand. But yeah, that was my experience in Vegas. So I walked around and got hot and spent a lot of money. I have a bunch of shot classes now. <laughs> and I did keep all the souvenir cards. And I, one of my souvenirs with the cards they give you, because prostitution is legal there, so they constantly give you cards. Of different naked women, so I kept, I was I was collecting the cards. Me and my wife were. I have a whole bunch of them that I brought home. So yeah, because it was hilarious. But yeah, it was fun. That's all I got. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up on here. All right, and I think we should wrap up this episode. And uh, Blair, where can people find you at? 
Uh, yeah, you can find my work. It's been a little bit slow um, the past little while, but I, I'm going to tease some pretty big for the start of May for a certain 20th anniversary. Um, I'll just leave that there uh, at comicbookvideogames.com. You can find me on Twitter at Blarcade, and uh, you can go join the comic book video games Facebook page, Facebook or Meta or whatever nonsense it's called now. <laughs> okay. And Ron, do you have anything that you want to promote? Plug? Uh, no, no. Okay. Play games. Be happy. Do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for coming on for this month. What are you playing? Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, there are over 300 other episodes you'd go listen to. Go, You'll find something I'm sure that you'll enjoy. If you can't find everything on Spotify or iTunes, just look on Podbean. Everything is on Podbean. You can download from there. If you want to see any of our old episodes or anything that we might have mentioned during this. We have a lot of episodes we've done. We do movies. We do comics. We do games. We do all sorts of stuff. We actually went through the whole Infinity Saga with my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast. A Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. I want to give a big shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hathbury. You can follow her on TikTok. And also want to please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Only audio, but we are on YouTube if you'd rather get your podcast that way. And we do have a Patreon for as little dollar. You can vote in our Patreon poll each month. And this current one is a Star Wars poll. So, And you still have time to affect it. You have until just about the end of the month. So as little as a dollar, you get to vote in our polls and help shape the show. So I want to thank everyone for listening. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.